a Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. This is a Health Hacker interview where we find out from inspiring people who have hacked their lives, how they did it, and pass on the knowledge to you. It's the Hacking the Hackers. In this episode, we're going to talk to Mark Burris, part of the Podcast One family, and at 62 years of age, he is fitter than me. He's not quite as fit as you, Adam McDougall, but I reckon he's pretty close, only because you're looking very jacked at the moment. (laughs) And he's a man of routine, and we're also going to touch on, in this episode, how he finds his why. Adam, it's the second one we've done of Hacking the Hackers to help our audience grow, and it's great to have Mark Brewers with us. Thanks for being here. Alex, Uh, Dirks. How are you, mate? He's, in a uh, true sense of the word, one of my heroes, Mark, Um, and I'm not going to beat around the bush. The mentor, he is a mentor. You know, some of the stuff that he's passed on to me as a friend and uh, as a mentor has been invaluable, and when I look at him, I don't see a guy of age, I, I see a guy of success. So, you know, once again, congratulations, Thanks, mate, mate, for inspiring people like myself and everyone out there to live their best lives. Um, what is your definition of success? It's a good place to start, I think. Yeah, oh, I, I, that's, that's a beauty, actually. Um, I don't think it's the amount of money you got in the bank, that's for sure, how big your house is or what sort of car you drive. For me, one of the measures of success, or probably the first most important one, is the family you raise. Um, that's the most important definition of success. Outside of that, in terms of business, being able to see the people I help develop. So in my organisations, in my businesses, there's nothing more satisfying to me to see someone become really great at what maybe they never thought they'd be great at. And people, you know, one run Yellow Big Road branches or Wizard branches and they come, they become very good at it and their families now run those businesses for them or their kids. And they have a, a house and maybe an investment property, some superannuation. They might have... Um, um, you know, had have, have had a better life than they would have otherwise had if they had not joined me. That's to me a measure of success, who I can inspire and who can become better what they can do. Yeah, we're talking about inspiring. I get sick of hearing people tell me how fit you look all the time and going back to your age, but age is just a number as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 100%. And it's because of the way that you live your life on a daily basis that you are so fit and that's been a massive part of why you've been so successful in business as well, I'd imagine, the priority you've put on your health. 100%. Um my health, I and mean, I wonder whether it's something to do with my background with my mother. My mother um, was always very conscious of food and health and um, that type of thing. And I remember her reading someone or listening to someone called Diane Salento, who was sort of quite well known in those back in those we were talking about fifty years ago, sixty years ago. Um, I don't know whether my mother left that sort of um, in my mind, but I am conscious of what I eat and what I do and how much of it and how much I exercise. I love exercise. If to be honest with you, I'm obsessed with it. So if I don't exercise, mate, I go mad. Yep. So it's it's a mental thing for me. I have to exercise. I have to train. Um, it's my time out. Yep. And I don't get much time out. That's my time out and it's mine. No one can touch it. No one can take it away from me. Um, and food, you know, I'm conscious of um, trying to keep my food reasonably balanced in terms of make sure I have all the right stuff. You know, occasionally, I, I, you know, I go over the edge. I don't mind a beer and stuff like that. But Generally speaking, I'm really conscious of what I put in my gob. Sport is a way for you to be more successful as a business person, better father, better grandfather now, um, but it also taught you a lot of lessons as well on how to be successful as well, applying yeah. yourself to sport. Well, I, yeah, I, I think you can't be half-assed. Yeah. So sport, particularly the sports that I've been involved in, yeah. and ba- that's basically boxing and footy, um, you, you have to be 100%. You can't be half-assed about it. You can't be sort of undecided. You play f- football or you jump at the boxing ring, mate, you're going to get your head punched in yep. unless you're committed. 
And the commitment is not so much in the ring. Yep. The commitment is all the stuff you do on the build-up, all the work, all the preparation, all the thinking you do before you get there. And, you know, you're totally on your own and you've got nowhere to go. I mean, you can cower, you can sit in the corner and fall on the ground, but that does not a good look. Yep. You won't get many more goes at it. So business to me is like that. Yep. You know, and you've got to, there's three things you've got to learn in business. You've got to learn how to take the punches. Yep. You've got to learn how to avoid the punches. Yep. You've got to learn how to deliver the punches. Yep. And that's what boxing is. And that's a, it's a great metaphor for, for life and it's a great metaphor for business, I reckon. Yeah, well, you're about to step in the ring. Um, yeah, you've yeah. dropped a massive 10 kilos to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, is that the motivation? Is it to find something that you can set a goal towards and work towards to, to get fit? Is that your hack, I suppose, to being healthy is finding a purpose and then pursuing that purpose? 100%. So um, I've got to give myself a goal. Yep. And I obsess about it, reaching yep. the goal. And the goal on this particular occasion is i got to fight um, – uh, a light heavyweight and or super middleweight, um, which meant I had to drop 10 kilos together because yeah. I normally walk around about 80, 90 kilos. So I'm down – today's my first day, actually, I'm under 81 kilos, So and I've got to sort of weigh in there next week under 81 kilos. Main reason for that, mate, is because if I fight at 90 kilos, I'd be fighting something like six foot three. is really <laughs> lean. He might kill me. So I, I figure if I sort of get under the – I might have the height advantage at least if I'm under 81 kilos. Now, I'm actually a natural light heavyweight or, or a super middleweight. So – um, yeah, and but the game for me is not so much winning. I mean, I really want to win. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's also the second prize or probably equal first prize is the preparation and being able to reach that objective. Yeah. And, you know, no alcohol. You know, I, I use your – I do drink your man shakes. Um, I, 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 I don't use any more supplements. Um, I'm really conscious of um, how much sleep I get. Um, I'm conscious how often I train. I'm conscious who I train with the best – um, I'm conscious of the type of training I'm doing and I'm watching every single thing I do and it actually helps me get through the shit parts of my business days. Yeah. So having this is, this is my side hustle. Yeah, yeah. It, my side hustle is actually developing myself and yeah. reminding myself of what I can and can't do. And do you think obsession's a bad thing? Because we hear the word obsession and we don't, we, Alex, we put it into society as a bad thing. No, but- obsession, for me, obsession, look, the way I look at all emotions is that they're all out there yep. for you to use. Just don't let them use you. Yep. So I use obsession when I need it. When yep. I when I finish the fight, I won't be obsessed about it. Whether when I lose, it'll be fine. Um, I'll go back to you know I'll probably flip up you know over a period of month. I'll probably get back up to eighty eight kilos, and I'll go back to eating a pizza here and there and have a beer and just have much more relaxed. But I know that I've done this for three or four months. I give my body a rest. Maybe what I have done is I've probably kicked up my adrenal glands a bit too hard over the last three months, and now I'll go back and I'll rest my adrenal glands. I won't be sort of put myself under pressure. Yep. But at the same time, and I'll put a bit of weight on back on. I'll you know get back to being a bit more heavier, and but I'll be able to look back at the experience. Yeah. And it's been a great experience. And mate, at the end of the day, one day you're going to die. One day I'm going to die. Um, and all we are is the aggregation of all our experiences in life. Yep. That's that's the most valuable thing: the aggregation of all the experiences in life. And that's what I want to. I want to keep experiencing these things, even though I am 62. Yeah. Well, as I said, I hate hearing people put an age on themselves because it limits them. I think, you know, it's it's a very limiting mindset we have in society where, you know, when I was playing football, when I got to 30, people said, when are you retiring? So I played till I was 37 just to tell people to get, because yeah, totally, I could, totally. you know, I say, well, why, why would I retire just because my uh, number's going up? But it didn't define me as a footballer. I actually become better as a footballer because I become smarter and I become more experienced. So I think that's the age thing. We're a very ageist society. We're very discriminatory towards age. Um, we use it as an excuse not to be healthy, not to be fit. You know, we become old because we stop moving. 
You know, we don't, you know, get old and then stop moving. That That's the problem in society these days. We're putting limitations on ourselves. And, well, there's an expectation. To, like, I'll be 65 in three years' time. Blokes I know are retired. They yep. don't do anything. And what they do is they indulge because they think they deserve to indulge. They think they, well, I'm entitled to have a eat this and go to that restaurant. They might not be eating pizzas and crap, but they will go and eat too much and it's it's sort of packed with a whole lot of flavour and what have you. So they, they, they sort of have this sense of, I deserve to indulge myself. But it's actually not a good thing. Yeah, you're not you're not actually helping yourself. I mean, you're helping your what you deserve. That, but you're not actually helping your body by yeah. doing this. To me, I want to be able to move around. I want to be able to jump up and pick up my grandson up off the floor whenever I feel like it. I don't want to think I was just going to hurt my back. Yeah, and I and I, here's my first grandson. I got four sons. I hopefully I get some granddaughters. And I when I'm seventy, you know, it's quite a, a big chance. My my younger son's twenty seven. He might not have a kid till he's thirty seven. Yep. When I turn 72, I want to be able to jump, burn down and pick my granddaughter up or wherever it is and just move the same way as I'm moving now. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is keep up my regime Yep. and don't indulge myself. So on that, I mean, you've spoken about how you have a purpose and then from purpose, I assume you then set goals and then back into that to achieve those goals, you mentioned it then, is routine. This is the health hacker. We want people to hack their lives. What is your routine like that could inspire someone? My, well, my routine, if, if I gave you a one-year routine. So I have a one year routine. So yep. at the back end of every year, I arrange to do something physically competitive. Now, some people do those, um, those things where they race in the mud or whatever those. Tough as mother. Tough, or, t- yeah. tough mud or whatever it is. It doesn't really matter what you do. I mean, I jump in the ring, but it doesn't really matter what you do. But I make sure that I have a three to four month preparation for that. And I'm absolutely, as we just said, I'm obsessed about my preparation, whether it's about weight or fitness, or whatever it is. That's one. The second thing, and then my daily routine, no matter whether I'm preparing for an event or not, my daily routine is I always get up quarter to five, four thirty every single day, Saturday, Sunday included. I have a radio, my radio clock radio next to me. The radio comes on. I listen to, and I lay there and listen to the news or whatever the, the, the conversation might be. I lay for five minutes. I get out of bed. First thing I do is I, I um, grab myself a coffee. I, I, I have to wake up, give me, get myself a coffee. I go to the gym. After my gym, I go and have breakfast. I have breakfast at the same place, the same cafe I've been going to for 30 years, <laughs> and I sit in the same seat and I eat the same meal. I haven't changed. And then after that, I re- I'm reading the papers. I'm ready to work. Go to work. I get changed in my office, put my, my work work the whole day, lunchtime. Go back a step. I know that you, as far as your wardrobe goes, to remove decision fatigue, yeah. you also do what? I always wear the same clothes. I never change my clothes. My, my, and, and, you know, it's either blue, black, or white. My suits are uh, black or blue. Um, you know, I've got a whole heap of them, but they're the same colour. And I have a white shirt and black shoes. There's no decisions to make. Um, why is that, Mark? Tell people why. Because I, I want to have less, make less decisions. So the decisions, the decisions I make, I have enough energy to make the decisions I make that are important decisions. Important decisions. So the rest of the stuff, they're not important. Um, to me, your wardrobe's irrelevant. No one knows what what you're wearing. Uh, if they only knows what you're wearing if you wear yep. different stuff. Every now and then you're whacking off floral shirt. Hello. What the f- yeah, <laughs> It's someone's <laughs> birthday, is it? Floris has gone off here. Well, I don't, actually don't even possess a floral shirt. So, But I, I wear everything the same. I drive the same cars. I've always I, Decisions, I make those. Mon- I don't make mundane decisions. I just roll into what I'm always doing. Same stuff. How does that not bore you, though? Because I enjoy going back to the same restaurant. I go, oh, I like that, going there again. And my girlfriend says to me, "Why well, we go there. We've been, let's go try something new. And I think, well, I'm happy with that. Do you feel you have outside pressure from someone trying to change what works for you? And how do you combat that? Uh, I don't have anyone who, who tries to change yeah. me. I mean, that's probably part of my problem. I mean, I'm, at a personal level, that's not necessarily, in terms of relationships, it's not necessarily perfect. Um, 
I, I, I guess what I'm one of the things I've learned over the last 10, 15 years is actually to be more malleable and um, with it when other per, another person's making their suggestion. Um, but if I don't have another person to consider in that particular decision, I might I make do the same stuff over and over again. Okay, that's a good point because Adam talks a lot about um, 80% of the time, try and be as great as you can. That 20% where it can't work out, don't beat yourself up. So if you are making that choice, if you have the ability to make that choice, is I, I'm going for Brexit by myself. I know where I'm going. I can make that choice. But if one day someone says, well, let's go here, let's go here, you can just roll with it because you know it, majority of the other times you're controlling what factors you can control. Correct. And generally speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy enough type person. So I, I don't believe in being happy or seeking happiness. I believe in just being happy enough. So expand on that. Well, happy enough to me means um, something could be happening that's not great. I'm happy enough. Like, I mean, I how much more happy do I have to be? I don't, I'm not seeking ultimate happiness or this. Uh, I mean, everybody seems to want to seek ultimate happiness all the time. I don't care. I mean, and that's I'm, making them unhappy. Totally, because they never get there. That's true. So I just I'm happy enough. Yeah. And that people say, well, what, what does that mean? Well, I'm just happy enough. I'm happy enough. With what so I'm very doing. stoic in your approach. Practical. And I'm minute by minute, like yeah. day by day. You know, the next day is the next day. I mean, and I'm just dealing with what I'm dealing with now. Like this morning, I, I ran five. I got up early, ran five k's, did my podcast. I'm doing this podcast. Um, and then I, I got to go and get again new mouth guard fitted because I got a fight next week and I lost my bloody mouth guard. That, <laughs> isn't that the worst dream you can have? <laughs> it is before uh, a footy match yeah, or fight. Losing and I, your mouth I've guard. dreamt it on the weekend. I lost my mouth guard and I've lost my mouth guard. <laughs> and I have to go and get a new one. I had to call in a favour from like Clavelli to make me a new mouth guard. Um, so, but happy enough is really important to me. Yeah, I'm just doing what I'm doing at the time. Routine is something that is it's commonly known now that that is what helps successful people. And we, we bang on about it like routine is important. And what I find interesting is how we're hearing your routine helps someone like myself or the person listening to help develop their routine. But what I don't think is discussed enough is what does routine do for you to equate to success? Like how does it actually help you rather than just, is it because you, you don't have to worry about what the day is ahead and then you can make choices around that? Um. It's a good question. I've never really thought it through, but I think it, it might have something to do with me not wasting energy. Mm. I mean, we only have so, so much energy in a day, and 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 you want to make sure that the energy you have, or the or the conversion of the food you've eaten and all the other stuff that's going on in your body, you know, fat or whatever it is, you want to make sure that it's able to be directed for its best purpose, its most efficient purpose. I'm a, like, I believe in efficiency mm. in in decision making. So I tend to have everything laid out as my clothes and my shoes and my gym gear and my, my my daily routine. I have all those things laid out so I don't have to make do any thinking around it. When I get to my office, I don't do anything. I don't even think about my diary. So I don't look at my diary. You can ask me what am I going to do tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I mean, I've got I a general fascinated. I've got a general idea, but not really. Yeah, right. All right I mean, I've got a sort of bit of an idea. I've got to get down here too. There's something up upstairs for podcast one or something. But I mean, I, that's all I know. Um, my diary gets sent to me by my um, executive, my EA, mm. the night before. And mm. the only reason I get it to send me the night before is so I know what I've got to wear to work, what I've got to take to work. So I, I, I know what I've got to – and that will depend on who I'm seeing and what I'm doing the next day. Mm. I don't want to know about tomorrow because I don't want to think about tomorrow. Mm. I don't want to think about Friday or Saturday or Sunday. I, mean, I might know that I'm going to see my grandson on Saturday. I might know that. But generally speaking, I will rely on my EA to do that thinking for me. And, I, and you might say, oh, you, you're lucky you got something to do. No, I purposely do that so I don't waste any energy on thinking about something that's not really relevant to me. Yeah. So the, when do you set aside time to plan for the future if you're so present in the day? 
I don't plan for the future, so I couldn't tell you if I'm going to go on a trip to um, on holidays next year or not. I don't, I don't have fast that. and loose, Burris. Hey, yeah, fast well, he lives and loose. in the now, and the That's interesting it. thing is, he's he's allowing his power and his willpower not to be deleted by worrying about trivial things that may or may not happen in the future, and you know, sweating on the small stuff. We talk about in economics, which is my background. How do you get the biggest bang for your buck? You know, if I invest twenty percent of my time, where do I get eighty percent of my return from that investment? So that's the key. You know, you see a farmer when they plant a crop, 20% of the seeds give them 80% of the yield. And what Mark's doing is looking at health and fitness and success in life as an economist. He's going, well, if I've got a limited amount of time, what do I want to invest that into? And that's what's fascinating about his daily routine is the fact that these little trivial things, and then you get busy and decision-making fatigue happens. That's when you reach for the McDonald's hamburger in the afternoon because you don't have that safety net of a routine. Mark knows what he's going to eat. Totally. So when he gets stressed or he gets busy, it's the go-to. He doesn't have to worry about what color shirt he's wearing because he gets up in the morning. That's another decision. Science has proven every time you make a decision, you lose willpower. And so you lose, use up juice. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. You, you, you're using up juice. Yeah, and we only got so much juice. Yeah. And if we don't have enough juice, we know we do. We go and eat some fatty, salty food. That's right. To give us some more juice. Yeah. I mean, when you're tired, when, yeah. like the other night, the other night, the other night I, I didn't sleep very well. And uh, when I woke up, I was thinking, I'm desperate to have some bacon and eggs here. Yeah. Like, I want to eat a whole lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, I, I was tired, but I want to eat a whole lot of shit. I mean, I was like, I didn't, but that's how I felt. And I didn't want to train, I didn't want to do anything. Because hackers will know from the episode we've done, when you lose tired, it's like you're a type 2 diabetic the next day. Your body is Your hunger hormones so grow and a leptin become out of control, and it's a survival mechanism because mm. sleep is where you restore your body, you get your energy back. And if that doesn't happen, what happens? The brain and the body goes, well, I need energy to be compensated via food. Yeah. So you've hit it on the head. Speaking of sleep, you know, I know when you started Yellow Brick Road, um, you probably know the importance of sleep now and respect it more. But can you tell people that you used to work at your desk and your bed was the- On the floor. On the floor. Yeah. And I, and I would put the, and I had a pillow and I'd just stick it on the ground and I'd sleep on the floor. So what was your purpose then? Why was that the result that you came to? Obsessed, mate. Like uh, I had to make it work mm. yeah. and I had people in ex- having expectations of me. And I'm one of the people, I don't like letting anyone down. Mm. I mean, if someone, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I won't back down from my proposition. Sometimes bite you back because you've overcommitted and go, oh God, now I've got to make all yeah, these people Yeah, it, it, it yeah. does sometimes. When I was uh, 25, um, 25. Four, 25, I was doing, um, I was doing, finishing my law degree off at night. Mm. Um, I was doing in the professional year in the accounting industry and I was working as a partner of an, of an accounting firm. And boxing. <laughs> well, I wasn't doing any boxing, but it was way too much. Mm. And, and I had a kid. I just had a kid. So my first kid. Wow. So my wife left me, um, her and the, my son went off to France and lived there for years. Um, um, everything just fell apart. Because I was doing too much. You weren't balanced. Oh, totally. And I, I, and I wasn't training either. And I made, but I made these commitments. I was going to do these things and I was no way in the world I was going to do it. Mm. I think there is, I'm one of those people who thinks my capacity is unlimited. Yeah. Well, I used to think that. Um, I don't think that now, but I'm, therefore I'm open to take on anything. Um, and I would, whatever, Mike, go and do this. I'll go and do it. Um, and I'll, not because I, oh, yeah, I'll take the dare because I wouldn't think that I can't do it. I just say, oh yeah, I can do that. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that needs to be tempered and managed in myself. That's something I need to manage myself, and it'll take me a long time to work out how to manage it. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. So you now know health is important. You now know diet's important. Exercise is important. When you're in your 20s, you didn't know that. I always say to people that in your 20s, you treat your body like an amusement park. 
it's all fun and games. When you hit 30, you've got to pay the admission fee yeah. as you leave. <laughs> and it's a big cost normally. But that's know? 100% right. 100%. I played footy for 20 odd years and I played to 37 to sell people up your ass. I can play to 37. Now I'm paying the penalty. Probably shouldn't have played to 37 because the body gets wear and tear. When did you start to um, hack into your sleep more effectively, I, I suppose? Um, I mean, like, how many how many years did you do that? You slept slept next to your desk to years, launch years. it. Well, right now, even even now, even now, I have a, a bed in the room behind my office now. So, and I and I go, but I, what I do, what's interesting, what I do today is that I will go instead of doing what I used to do, I'll go and sleep during the day. I'll just sleep for twenty minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I've got a I've got an app which yeah, I tell listen us. to. Uh, so, what is it? So I got I got a uh, I got two apps. So I got one called Insight, and one called um, Headspace. Yeah, Headspace. And, um, and I, I used Headspace probably for about two years, but I've yeah. sort of gone beyond that now. So and, that's a guided in, meditation. Guided meditation. App. Yeah, I've now gone into Insight, um, which is um, a little bit more complicated medita- meditation. Yeah, you can do a guided one there if you want. Um, and I use that for fifteen to twenty minutes to meditate and. It doesn't send me to sleep. Sometimes I might just it might just send me to sleep because if I'm really tired. But generally speaking, it's just a way of getting a time out. Okay. Twenty minutes. That's it. Yep. So, and that's what I use. Oh, and I'll sit or lay and or lay sit up against the 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 the, the back of the bed. Yep. And uh, and and do it do it there. And uh, so, um, I'm, have you noticed a difference in in your clarity of thought and your decision making as a result of meditating? Just relax my mind, clear yep. my head. Uh, you know, you know, we all got demons. You know, got to get rid yeah. of the demons and. Uh, just clear my head, and it's just basically using breathing. Yeah, and um, and and sometimes sometimes sounds. Um, sometimes you know, you know, I, you know, I, I say something, but uh, I got my own thing that I say. But yeah, the uh, mantra, which is yeah, I have my own mantra. But look, what's interesting, right? The mum is my, my mother, who's now eighty six. My dad's eighty six. Um, been extraordinarily both healthy all the whole life. My mother got yep. um, diagnosed with motor neuro motor neuron disease about um. May this year, and she's gone down really fast. I mean, it's it's a genetic mutation she has because of Irish background, and um, um, and it's been really tough for me to. I go and visit them every weekend, and you know, to see how she's going, and you know, her demise has been quite rapid. And it, it the meditation has actually helped me deal with that sort of stuff. Yep. And I would be honest with you, like the fight next week is actually preparation. Preparation has actually helped me deal with that sort of stuff because it's given me something else to think about. Focus on instead of just going to bed at night thinking about my mum yep. and the sort of. And you know, she's the same disease as Stephen Hawking has got. So she's got nearly, she's nearly at that point where she can't move, can't speak. She can't speak. Um, and so I think that health, gen- with all the stuff that goes with it, exercise, food, and the focus of that can actually help you deal with your problems. Yep. If you've got something else that's really in your brain, like giving you a bit of brain damage, like sort of something, mm. otherwise you would just focus on the wrong thing all the time. Mm. So I use exercise and health and regimes to help me deal with my business problems, help me deal with my personal problems when they come about. And I felt I found this last three or four months being extraordinarily important to really focus on my health, um, especially with, with, with what my mother's going through. And actually, to be honest, it inspires me to motivates me to train harder and to mm. do more because, mate, God knows she would love to be able to move. Yeah. And I can move. Yeah. So go for a champ. Like, <laughs> Rip in. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Don't take it for granted. It's not here for 100%. Ever. I mean, one of the things going through my mind is should I go and get a genetic test? Have I inherited this? Because it's an inherited mm. um, 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 thing. Um, it's a terrible disease, but um, I haven't done that yet. But I don't so know. So you're proactively I- starving that off with things like meditation, by eating a good Mediterranean based diet. We know it's protective for the brain. So there are things that you're doing subconsciously and probably on a daily basis which are protecting you 
hopefully from from that disease from the genetic yeah. uh, mutation well i was that's interesting about that genetic mutation that it needs to be crossed over by something else like either alcoholism that's not my mum she doesn't yeah, drink yeah. but or um, exposure to chemicals like if you're going through Our chemotherapy epigenetics they switch yeah. on your genes yeah totally and that's what's happened to her she she caught um a bad virus about 3 years ago and, that's what and triggered that, it. that triggered it yeah the stress so it's interesting yeah. it's um it's and it's again it's another journey of mine like it's been really cool and interesting and um I wouldn't say it's been fun, but it's been interesting, and uh, and I've enjoyed how I've learned about myself and how important my regime is to protect me. It galvanizes me against external things, yeah, yeah. and I don't mean to say that in a bad way. My, what was happening to my mother, though, is an external thing to me yeah. personally, and my regime has actually helped me deal with it. Yeah, as you say, in the present, have a clear purpose. Hundred percent. So you meditate, obviously, help with the restorative part of, of your daily routine to give you that, uh, that extra edge as far as, um, recovery goes, um, at night to sleep, you're obviously a lot of the time on your computer, on the phone. We know how bad the blue light is. Do you no, wear- no, but barred it. You barred it. Have barred you? it. So, um, my, my phone goes off six, six thirty, maybe seven around yep. that territory. Don't look at it. It's barred. Good stuff. Barred. And I'm a mad music person. So, I have music in my house 24 hours a day. I walk in my house, the music's going. I walk out of my house, music's going. I go to sleep at night, the music's going. Not in my bedroom, but in another room. Yeah. And um, I have it on a particular station, and um, it, which is sort of one of my favorite stations. It's just mostly a music station. A lot of jazz in it. Yeah. And um, I, you know, when I, you know, I'm 62, so I've got to get and go and have a pee a couple of times a night. Yeah. So <laughs> when I go to the bathroom, I can actually hear it down the end of the hallway. Yeah. And it, it's sort of quite comforting. So yeah. music's really important to me. Love this hack. Tell us why. Mu- I don't know. I, I, look, I, I, I think it's scientifically. I think it's got something to do with the the, the type of music I listen to and how it sort of tunes in with my own brain waves. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's something too because it just makes me feel relaxed. If I get really angry about something, and I, and my emotions, some people get sad. Their emotions are sadness, etc. Um, I don't get particularly excited, but I can get very angry. That's one emotion. I'm like I have a, a, a anger. Sort of emotion. They know what you're talking about there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't think you know. Upset him, don't upset him. And and for me, the the thing that completely just takes it away is music. Yeah. If I'm in the car and someone really pisses me off in the street, like some guy cuts in front of me and gives me the finger and all that sort of shit, I want to go and job him. But if but if I turn the music up on a jazz station, it just chills me straight out. And uh, or if I'm having an argument with somebody about something, music chills me out. It just um, I don't know disarms me straight away. And therefore, I take the view that I should have it whilst I'm sleeping and it helps me sleep. And if I wake up, I can hear the music just ever so slightly. The only problem is if I hear a tune I really like, I oh, I start listening to the tune. <laughs> but generally speaking, um, I prefer that than the silence. That's so powerful. You know, there's a, there's a great belief out there at the moment. We're all chasing happiness and it's making us unhappy. And it's about finding happiness. It's about creating your environment. That's what this podcast is about. Teaching people how to hack their own environment to set themselves up for success. So there's a great hack in itself, creating an environment where music, we know how powerful it is. Um, it elicitates emotions, brings back great memories. That's the powerful thing about music too. If you've got a wedding song or a song that played when you won the grand final, you play that and it elicitates them same emotions once again because it elicitates that memory in your brain. That's interesting because now when you say that, you've actually made me think about something because I was only laying there listening to the jazz. I turned it up a bit last night and listened to the jazz and um, – and it reminded me of a, a great event in my life. Well, a, a very special event in my life, whether it's grand or it's a very special event in my life, is when I when I sold the wizard business to General Electric, um, I had to go over to America to collect the money. Um, and I had to be in New York to do it. And um, 
the way the transaction went, because it was Australian business, it happened at about two o'clock in the morning, their time, US time. And uh, I was there for it. And I was just there on my own and I was staying in a hotel in New York. And um, I had to go to their offices, at their lawyer's offices at 2am to sign something and collect something, et cetera. And um, when I came back to my hotel, I was lucky because I knew I was going to, I was in the money. I was staying in the Four Seasons in New York, <laughs> had a really nice room and everything like that. And I remember that when I got into my room, the uh, hotel set the bed up and they they put, they had one of those um, Bose uh, clock radios. Oh, yeah. And it had really cool jazz playing. And I've always associated, this is back in 2004, and I've always associated jazz with New York but cool jazz with that transaction. And really for me it was just relief that yeah. it actually happened. It mm. was more relief. The deal was done. And and I was laying in bed last night and I was listening to the music turn up and I had that same sense that, that I loved that moment in my life and I was sort of replaying that moment in my life last night. Um, not so much – the, the, getting the check, just the relief and the the feeling feeling yeah. of being the success. You did something that you wanted I, well, to do. Well, it took me years to do, and but it was more relief, Alex, that I actually closed it out. It was because you know it was always could always always fall over at any second. Yeah, and um, and I and I'll never forget that moment. And um, and that moment is all the stuff you just said. Um, I I've structured what I didn't realize of now because mostly the station I listen to is it's eighty nine point seven. It's mostly it's an East Suburbs station, but it's mostly jazz. Yep, and um, I've I have this playing all the time and maybe what I'm doing subconsciously is actually recreating that moment. You are, yeah. And yeah. It, and it's, it gives me just a good feeling. Yeah. It's, it doesn't inspire me, doesn't it? It's just, just a good feeling. It's just a nice feeling to have before you go to sleep. And I don't know if you wake up in the middle of the night, it's a nice feeling to hear it. Yeah, well, we've spoken about before on different episodes about if you want to hack into being more successful, whether it's pushing yourself harder in the gym, listen to certain music. If you want to be happier, listen to certain music. You want to get your day off to a great start, listen to a, a song that elicitates a positive emotion to set your day on the right way. So it's just a smart little hack that you're doing, which you probably don't realize. I didn't realize, no. Yeah. And then, you you know, you obviously get rid of the phone, which is so powerful to people. Oh. I have one day a week where I actually get rid of the phone. I, I turn it off, put it in the drawer and allow me, me personally to be present with my family, which is a Sunday. And my mum knows if she needs to get me, there's a thing called a landline. So unless it's a telemarketer, you know that it's not going to be someone bothering you. So I applaud people to do what Mark does. Switch the phone off. Give himself a deadline. You've got to set rules in your life. Yeah, 100%. And that's what Mark's doing because otherwise we're weak-willed, like it yeah. or not, aren't we? Well, rule, rules are really important to me. It sounds like I'm a bit regulated, but my rules are important. It's funny, you know, you're talking about um, giving yourself a day off. I, I was explaining to a, a young boy who's who's my godson on um, Friday night I was driving and we saw a lot of Jewish people walking around because I live in the suburbs and they had the, the yarmulke on the head yep. on the head and uh, he was exp- I was explaining to him what they do on a Friday night, the, the more strict ones at least. They go to um, synagogue and that's from, I think it's from sundown and they don't and they don't actually turn electricity on, they don't turn the gas on in the kitchen, they don't turn the TV on, they don't use mobile phones, they don't drive a car, they walk everywhere. And, and I said to him, you know, that's a really important discipline for that religion to work, but also is really important for the people who actually exercise their discipline. Because if, you know, if you took a day off from looking at your phone, took a day off from driving, just walked everywhere and spoke to your family, yep. you walked to the synagogue with your family or your friends. When you got to the synagogue, you talked to, you actually talked to people, yep. not message them. Yep. You actually had a conversation. <laughs> how are you going? How are you feeling? You know, what's going on? Nice day, shit day, whatever. Mm. And you walk and you walk back home and, and you had this sort of routine ritual non-business type thing, I mean, for me it's probably too long a period, but it doesn't matter. The whole 
process is very, very powerful. The fundamentals of what they're trying to do is still important. Whether it's a half day Correct. that you do a week, it's the process of actually taking that time out is what you find interesting. And they call it a religion, mm. but it's really a routine. A, a routine, a routine. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it is religion to them because they obviously pray, well, they pray to their God. Yeah. But, 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 it, like but the, the other part the of it is the routine. Is and I think that's very clever. Yeah, yeah it's and, very clever. And it works, man. Like it works. Um, and – you know, and the, the Jewish people are known to be good at business, so yeah. maybe that's part of the reason they are successful. What they do, part of their culture, it's a, probably a small part of the culture, but nonetheless, a powerful part of the culture. And the routine goes back into fasting. We we spoke on an episode about fasting. You know, being this new diet trend, but it's something that's been practiced yeah, by Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, yeah, forever, forever. So it's not something that you know Michael Mosley can take credit for um, with the five and two diet. It's something that's been around since Adam was a boy. So. Once again, smartly putting these rules as such to protect themselves so they execute on what they're trying to achieve. So how many hours of sleep would you get on an average night, Mike? Not a lot. Uh, unbroken, uh, three. Yep. And then overall, maybe five, six yep. on a good night. Yeah. Some nights, you know, not much at all. But, yeah. but you know, like, but then I'll get, and I'll be stuffed. Friday, look, the way it works for me, Friday night's my best night's sleep. I, I can't wait for Friday night sleep. Yeah. Because um, usually when the footy season, I get to watch a game of footy. Yep. But, you know, I always watch footy on Friday night. I, I, I might have a beer during the game. And you give yourself a bit of a reward. Yeah. And I buy a pack of chips, yeah. pack, a pa- pack of the kettle chips uh, when the footy's on. And, uh, or if, if, if it's my side, my team, I'll go out to watch them. If it's not yep. my team, I just watch whoever's on Friday night. And I know there's not really any business. No one's going to be really hassling me or whatever on Saturday morning. I still do work, but I mean, I'm not. Going to, it's not going to be a hassle day. So I sleep well on Friday night. I sleep pretty well on Saturday night, but I Friday night's my catch up night, so I can get seven hours on Friday night. Yeah, train blah, blah blah. But Sunday night, what's interesting, and I've done a bit of a survey for small business people. Sunday night's my worst night. Wow, because I'm start to get in my head what I've got to get ready for for next week, yeah. and and it's sort of. Preparation, but like my head, no matter how relaxed I can get myself, I'll still wake up after three or four hours. And then I got, and then I got to say to myself, no, no, mate, you're supposed to be sleeping now. Now is a time for rest, so you can do the stuff you got to do. I start talking to myself and telling myself, come on, mate, time to go back to sleep. Um, Monday night, Tuesday night aren't great nights. Um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but then I slowly get a bit more sleep as each night progresses, and then I look forward to Friday night, and that's my routine. Yep. And I accept it. Yep. I, I don't fight it. There's no point in me fighting it. It is what it is. And yep. I, I, I must be getting enough sleep. I'm still alive. I'm healthy. Yeah, you're I great. still want to do what I want to do. Um, would I like to be able to sleep more? Yeah, I guess so. Um, nothing better than waking up fresh. But I think what you're doing is you're getting the biggest return on your investment over a number of different factors in his health. So you're looking at he's, he's meditating, which is giving him that mindfulness. He is putting himself in a great environment when he does sleep, that it's deep sleep by using music and obviously not looking at blue screens. So he's getting economies of scale out of everything that he's applying himself to. He's doing enough exercise. It's not like he's just saying, you know what, I'm going to sleep 10 hours a day and that's all I'm going to do. He's touching all the bases. He's got his rules and routine with diet. His diet's very healthy. He's obviously getting good sleep, good stuff with his brain for meditation. He's getting the exercise by setting a goal with boxing and working towards a, a goal to stay compliant to that. So he's hacking into a number of factors which give him the biggest return of his investment rather than just trying to be a master of one thing. Mm. I think that's really important for people out there is don't try to master one thing at the expense of other things. So Mark's got what we call balance. Um, motivation, you know, he sets that big goal, but there's a lot of people out there that are struggling for motivation. And uh, we spoke about it before. You talk to people about wanting it, you know, I've got to find. I I have to actually find something that I want. 
I mean, I'm, so I'm always searching around for what that is. That could be um, like a, many years ago, not many, 15, 17 years ago, I decided to buy a farm. And my, my I used to lay in bed at night uh, dreaming about how I could improve the roads and what I could, how I could line the trees. So I really wanted to produce the best farm in Byron Bay. Yep. And with the best cattle. And, uh, and I have a, I have a, a stud up there, up on the hill in Byron Bay, and right. I have a, you know, a beautiful home and roads and all that sort of stuff, all the stuff we used to do. So I, I had this thing that I wanted the best farm. And what, as a result of that, every Friday, every Thursday night, I flew up there. I spent Friday and Saturday there for uh, three years building a house, building the roads, dealing with people, finding blokes to come and live there and work there and, and working out where, where to get the best Brahmin from, how to breed the best Brahmin. Um, you know, who are the best cattlemen, et cetera. Um, so I, I find myself something that I really want. And the reason I want, I want a farm is my dad comes from Greece and my dad was a farmer in Greece and, uh, and he always wanted to have a farm in Australia, but he never got to have one, um, mainly because of, you know, money constraints, et cetera. So I thought, well, I'm going to do what my dad wanted. But I always wanted to have a farm that overlooked the sea. Yep. Because I love the sea. That's amazing. So I got a farm that overlooked the sea and that's why I went to Byron Bay. And um, so I, that was something that I always had as a, thing I wanted in my life. And I mean, I was lucky enough to be able to afford to do it, but it wasn't just the money. It was the time and effort you had to put into creating something. So sometimes creating something new is a great motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we should try to create whatever we can, even if it's, you got a little balcony on a little apartment, you rent. What about try to create a little herb garden on your balcony, you know, with the best herbs and, and find out what, or even if it's not enough sun going, what grows there? Yeah. Maybe mushrooms. Yeah, you know, like uh, and there's we we did a I did a podcast with a guy who runs the mushroom business, you know, up in Byron Bay. There's a lot of things, and you can just say, okay, that's what I want. I want to be the, have something really good. That's maybe the best. You don't, you don't even have to be in a competition, but best in your mind. So I do that. I motivate myself by finding something I really want or creating something I really want and going for it. Yeah, and that's a big tip for people out there trying to hack their health. Try to want something that's bigger than just having a smaller waistline. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the why. You know, yeah. why are you doing it? Like, I want to be a great role model for my kids now. So for me, and like Mark touched upon before, I want to be able to get to 70 and play with my grandkids. I want to be able to get up and go for a run because, you know, I can then have the best possible life. People get lost with all this materialistic sort of thing. I want to be able to fit into a swimsuit or I want to be able to look good at the beach this summer. That's not powerful, not, that's not powerful enough to motivate me. Yeah. When it's cold and raining outside – or if someone puts a pie in front of me at the football and I've already eaten four pies, is that powerful enough to stop me from eating another one? Of course it's not going to be powerful enough. You've got to want it deep down. And that's where, you know, sport has given Mark so many valuable lessons. That's what's made him successful today. You know, it's really funny. Uh, like, what I've found myself doing over the last couple, the last two weeks is after my dinner, because I'm just eating fish and salad basically for dinner at the moment, um, I start watching that Food Network. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, there's that American guy, Zimmerman, or what his name is, yeah. and he goes to all these really unbelievable places in America. And Americans eat so much of everything, and it's always full of sauces and to- like barbecue shit. Yeah, they like, go, oh, look oh at my that god! I, I was sauce. watching this thing. I've seen this thing last two nights where he's been goes to this where they barbecue these pigs, and uh, like he's this guy's going around trying to find the best uh, smoke <laughs> houses and shit. Like, I'm, I'm dying. Like I'm sitting there <laughs> watching this stuff, and I know it's my subconscious saying that's what I really want to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I'm. I'm wrestling with myself at yeah. the moment. Like it's, uh, it's sort of quite, quite a cool experience. I'm enjoying because I think you got to take every now and then you got to like uh, take a step back from yourself and just observe yourself yeah. um, instead of wrestling in the mud all the time. Just 
take a step back and actually have a laugh at yourself. Yeah. You know, look at you. Look at you sitting there watching this stupid show because, A, there's nothing on telly, by the way, but like um, <laughs> just watch this stupid show and really what you're doing is you're playing in your own self subconscious. I would never watch food shows ever. Yeah. I'm not going to give a shit. But I'm sort of drooling. You're hungry. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am, but I'm not. Yeah, uh, I think not. I'm starving. Well, just to finish with obviously some rapid questions, mate, what's one food you'd never eat? Uh, tripe. Tripe. And what's your favourite treat meal, if you had to treat yourself? Um, well, my favourite treat meal is, um, uh, it sounds a bit weird, but I'll tell you what it is. It's I, I grow honey on my farm, so I get yeah. bee, beehives. So honey for my farm, poured over nuts, usually it's walnuts, with um, cinnamon and cottage cheese. I wow. love it. It's like so beautiful and sort of nearly exotic. I'm getting hungry now, like you watching the pig. It's and also the healthiest cheat meal. That's amazing. <laughs> but, but it's beautiful. I'm serious. And you put, put a few blueberries on it. I'm not joking. It's like, it's it's. A healthy cheat meal, 100%. yeah. Healthy, and do you the cattle? The, the cattle that yep, I breed. The breed. Do you eat the cattle? No, I've never slaughtered a, a one of my cattle ever. Um, so I breed. We breed the cattle for um, uh, for their eggs. We we flush them for the eggs, and we also self uh, fertilize embryos. Wow, yeah, frozen embryos, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, Mark, you set rules after having a year goal and then that then filters down into what you're going to do. You know, that's just for yourself because, like you said, the side hustle is you, mm. which is a really great goal. So that's you sorted. Then the weekly routine goes down to your work and, you know, creating money and having a life and, you know, being part of society, which is not avoidable. And you have a purpose with all of that. And I know you are a mentor to many people and you have thementor.com now. You also have the show on this podcast network called The Mentor. Do you, The Mentor, have a mentor? That's a really good question. Um, I make sure I put myself in a position that people ask me questions. For me, a mentor is someone who questions you. Doesn't necessarily have the answers for you. You have the answers. I have the questions. Mm -hmm. So someone, a mentor is someone who asks you the questions. I have shareholders and I have a board. So I look to my – I. I probably created this, but I've looked to them as my mentors in that they put the hard questions on me. My brother, we talked about this earlier, me and Adam, my brother, he's involved in business with his wife. I'm involved in business with my younger brother. My my brother is uh, like a really super smart lawyer. He's a class act. Um, he's as tough as tough as teak um, and he doesn't take any shit from me. Um, and he's sort of like a mentor to me because he always asks me the hard questions in relation to the business. He doesn't hold back, and I can't bullshit my brother. Um, so, yes, I do have a mentor. Um, it wasn't always my brother. When he was younger, it was more around the other way. Mm. Now he's sort of become that position, that role. He's on my board of directors, so he asked me. So there is a mentor, but not in that classic way we see one-on-one. -on -one. It could be as, as long as it's created in some sort of way where you are questioned. Where you're accountable. Yes. You have to be accountable to a mentor and that mentor has to ask you the questions that are the tough questions. And that is your definition of what a mentor That's is. That's my definition Everyone of Everyone should have a mentor, shouldn't they? Correct. Because they're and held accountable. Correct. You're accountable. So you can be accountable in your case to Belinda, your yeah, wife, your wife yeah. or, or your brother or in my case or whatever. And, and my shareholders, I yep. mean, I'm accountable. And I think in society's making us all accountable today. I mean, mobile phones and Twitter and Instagram are actually making us more accountable. So we don't have your traditional mentors, but- if we recognize who the mentors are, who are we accountable to and make sure we accept that and we allow them to put it on us, what it is they want to know or what, how they want us to perform, I reckon we'll perform a lot better. And you think about it, it's a great hack because the way to be successful in life is hold yourself accountable. If you want to lose weight, if you're somebody out there that's listening to our podcast because you want to lose weight or get fitter, remember the podcast we spoke about, make a bet. 
Make it public. Yeah, yeah make Hold it public. yourself accountable. Talk about it. Talk about it. Well, you're holding yourself accountable by telling other people. That's mm. the hack. And then all of a sudden you're accountable to them. Exactly. Because you, you, you've, you've pitched up, you've yep. got to follow through. Yeah. Like Mark's going to do this fight. He's had to cut weight, which is bloody tough. 10 kilos. If he doesn't make that weight, he's held accountable. Everyone's going to know because he can't fight. Yeah, mm. totally. So that's what's driving him to actually get towards that goal in the end. Well, mate, you know what's funny? It's funny. This sounds so trivial. Yeah. This morning I weighed in 80.8 kilos as so I was 200 grams below the weight. I text Garth Wood. Boxing champion, uh, former yeah, teammate of mine. A good boxer. And he, and he trains me. I, I spar with him this afternoon. So I text Garth to say, mate, first time made weight. And, and we had a little conversation about it. Yeah. Because the only reason is because, as, you, as Adam just said, I've been talking about this. We, we made this a big event. And um, I've made weight one week before, which is perfect. You know, I, I just want to get down to about 80 or 79, the way I'm comfortable, but and I, I know I can do it. So that's a trivial thing. Yeah. And people say, well, Boris, are you serious? Why do you worry about this sort of shit? It's a big event for me. Yeah. Mm. And big he's a deal. hacker. And see how he's hacking all the time, Mark. Maybe not knowing it consciously, but he's always putting a, a, these things around himself to hack into success. We're all going to pass this world one day, Mark. And I like to always ask people this question, your legacy, if uh, the time does come, and you get the opportunity to leave one thing on a billboard somewhere, what would you like that billboard to say? He was loved by his family. That's it. That's, that's all that? that matters to me. That's so good. I thought it was going to be, you know, it used to be in the business world, greed is good, and now in the modern business world with you, Mark Boris, obsession is good. Obsession is that's good. That's what I thought your motto would be. <laughs> but I think what you said is much, much nicer. Alex, obsession is good. Paranoia is good too, mate. Paranoia is good. You got to be a little bit of paranoia, have a little bit of paranoia about you in relation to business, such that it makes you read everything and learn everything and be testing all your budgets and plans and things sure. like that. But Mark, after all that, if the people around you don't love you, it doesn't matter, does it? When you're dead, doesn't matter. No, actually, it does. You want your kids to love you. <laughs> Whatever happens. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you so much. I loved Thanks, it. Mate. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall is recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Produced by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Nick Slater. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.